with us this morning. I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to Galatians 5 and Psalm 37. Galatians chapter 5 and the book of Psalms chapter 37. Um, you'll find uh, Psalms, uh, we've been in Galatians 5 a lot, it's at the kind of the back uh, third of your Bible. Um, we've uh, been there for the last uh, three weeks, this is our fourth week there. Uh, if you're looking for Psalms, it's kind of smack dab in the middle of your Bible. Uh, so if you open right to the middle, you may have to back up a little bit, but it's right there. So Psalm 37 and Galatians 5 are the two passages we will be in this morning. Now, let me ask you a question. Do any of you in this room struggle with patience? Am I the only person that struggles in this area? Isn't it kind of a universal struggle? Everybody on the face of the planet at some point struggles with patience, right? I mean, isn't that, if you have a child or you were a child, which I hope all of you were at some point, um, we all struggle with that as children even, don't we? Because what do you hear from children? I just want to grow up. Uh, you get into the like middle school and early high school years and they, I just want to be old enough to drive. I just want to be old enough to do this. I just want to be an adult. I want to be out on my own. And we have this urge inside of us to be impatient and desire what's in front of us, what's ahead of us that we can't quite grasp yet. We can't quite reach, Right. Um, and let's face it, we've all struggled there. I, I, uh, as a child, I wanted this and I wanted that and I, I desired after things and I was impatient about those things. But probably the most recent time that I could tell you that patience was a big struggle for me uh, was when we moved to Arizona. So back up almost 10 years ago, it was December of 2009 and in that month, actually in one week, we did total life change of everything in our life. So in one week, we discovered we were pregnant with our first son. I walked across the stage and got my master's degree, got my diploma, and we got in a truck and moved to Arizona all in seven days. Like it was, let's change everything all at once kind of life. And so we get to Arizona, and my wife is pregnant, uh, enjoying that pregnancy. I, that's a lie. She was miserable. She hated that pregnancy. She, she doesn't like being pregnant at all. She's one of those women that, you know, some ladies are like, oh, I just want to be pregnant for like 43 weeks. And, you know, because it's just I'm glowing and I love it. My wife was like, get this baby out of me. I hate this experience. And so we, she was not enjoying the pregnancy. So we were kind of being impatient. We were like, oh, we just can't wait to meet our son. We're, we're so excited and we want this to just be over with already and be with our baby and all of that. And 27 weeks into the pregnancy, she goes in for a checkup and the doctor says, oh, um, you're in preterm labor. And fast forward, she ended up getting air vac from Havasu down here to Phoenix and ended up spending several weeks in Phoenix. And our impatience shifted. In that moment, we went from saying, man, we can't wait. We want to see our son. Let's just get this over with to stop. We don't want anything to happen. We want that baby to cook as long as possible. Don't let anything happen. And it was amazing how instantaneously our impatience shifted and changed from saying we want this now to we don't want anything to happen for weeks and patience is kind of fickled like that isn't it, uh, it, it depending on the circumstances it goes back and forth and so let's read what the bible has to say about 
questions this morning. Take your Bible. Let's read about the fruit of the Spirit. So Galatians 5. We've been in this. This is our fourth week uh, in talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And so, again, let's do a little bit of understanding where we've been at over the last three weeks. So we need to read the passage. Galatians 5, verse 16 is where we're going to be. Galatians 5, verse 16. It says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, now think back to what I've been saying about the fruit of the Spirit for the last three weeks. You know, this is, we are approaching flu season. And so many of us in this room will go out, we'll go to the local, you know, urgent care or CVS or go to our doctor and we will get a shot. And that shot is designed to give us an immunity, to vaccinate us against catching the flu, right? That's the concept behind that. Now, is it perfect? Does it work every time? No, but that's not where we're going with this. The idea behind the fruit of the Spirit is that the fruit of the Spirit gives us that vaccination against these works of the flesh that we just read about. In other words, if we live in the fruit of the Spirit, if, that fruit, if the fruit of the Spirit is welling up through us and we're living that constantly, then it vaccinates us against sin. Sin has no place in our lives because our lives are consumed with the works of the Spirit, with the fruit of the Spirit. And so that's why we're spending so much time over, the next, over these nine weeks studying about the fruit. is because the fruit of the Spirit leads us to the life that God desires for us to have. So let's read what the fruit of the Spirit are. Verse 22. Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so if we can learn to live in these nine fruits of the Spirit, then our lives will be following the desires that God has for us. And so let's do a recap of where we've been over the last three weeks because we've covered love, joy, peace. Today we're about patience. So what did we talk about love? Uh, Remember, I usually try to have one idea that I want you to walk away from in every message that I have. Well, the tagline, the phrase that I wanted you to remember three weeks ago was love, I got to look back, love values people over preferences. I couldn't remember that second word. Love values people over preferences. When we live in our preferences, our opinions, our own desires, people end up taking a back seat and we end up hurting people because our preferences don't care about people. But if we live in love, we shift those roles. We take our preferences and we throw those in the back seat and we suddenly make people the most important thing. And let's be honest, is God more concerned concerned with your priorities your preferences or is he more concerned about you loving people 
He's more concerned about us as followers of Christ, loving people. The second week we studied about joy. And remember I told the story of going to a barbecue place when I was in seminary and then I'd go back to class afterwards and people were jealous because I smelled like barbecue. I smelled so good. And the tagline for that week was, do you stink of joy? In other words, when you walk in a room, people jealous because your joy is just so intoxicating. That you walk in the room and people go, I don't know what it is, but I'm jealous for it and I want that because it's so appealing. Joy. And then last week we talked about peace. And the line in that sermon was, choose his peace over your plank. Going back to Matthew 7 and looking at what Jesus had to say about trying to remove a speck out of someone else's eye when you in fact have a plank or a log in your own eye. And that concept of saying, if we want to be a people of peace, we have to remove that plank of pride, of selfishness, and live in peaceful unity with others. So that's where we've been, and today we're talking about the fourth of the fruit, which is patience. And so, as I usually do, I want to look at a few Bible passages outside of where we'll focus this morning to kind of give you an idea of what the big picture of God's Word has to say about patience. So if you're someone who takes notes, um, here's some verses that you could look at throughout the week. The first one is Romans 12, verse 12, and it says this, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Be patient in tribulation. When things get difficult, when life is not going the way you want it to go, that's when we should live in the patience that God provides. Romans 8 verse 25 says, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Let me drop a spiritual truth on you. This world, the things we can touch and see and smell and taste, the things we can sense in this physical world, this is all the temporary. This is the stuff that's going to die away and leave behind something that's eternal. The eternal, the thing that really matters, the thing that's going to last are the things that are unseen by our eyes, the spiritual things, the things that are of God, the things that will last for all eternity. And so when we hope patiently for those things, our patience is placed in the right place. The next one is Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. It says, I therefore, uh, this is Paul speaking, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. Now catch this, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, I have this passage for a very specific reason. This is a different book of the Bible. This is Ephesians, not Galatians, where we've been spending the majority of our time. But I want you to notice how many times, how many of the fruit of the Spirit the fruit of the Spirit are all connected. When you see love talked about in the Bible, there's lots of times references to joy and peace and patience and kindness. When you see you know, self-control listed, you're going to see patience and you're going to see kindness. and thing. Every time you see one of the fruit, you see it listed along with other fruit. They're all interconnected with one another. Uh, look at the, for example of this, look at the next passage, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Uh, this is a passage we focused on week one. 
It's the love verses that you hear in weddings all the time. But I just want the first statement. Love is patient. I don't think it's a coincidence that when God clearly defines what his definition of love is, the first word he uses in that definition is patience. Because let's be honest, who is it hardest to be patient with? The people we're closest with, right? The people that we spend tons of time with. Wives, you get impatient with your husbands. Moms, you get impatient with your children. It's not a coincidence that when God finds love, the first word he uses is patience. Let's read on. James chapter 5. Verses 7 through 9, it says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also should be patient, establishing your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you will not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So the idea here, I love the illustration because I grew up in the Texas panhandle. I grew up on a farm uh, and my grandfather had acres and acres of wheat fields and we had all this wheat that was growing all the time, but wheat and and every other crop, you have to patiently wait for it. You sow the, the, the field in one season and you have to wait three seasons down the road before you actually get to the harvest. And even when you get to the harvest, you have to be patient to time that harvest just right. And so if you've never been on a wheat farm before, you go and you, you, the wheat starts growing and it grows the, the stalk and then it grows the, the wheat you know, seeds uh, on the end. And if you harvest that wheat, even a week too soon, that wheat will not bring the money that it would have brought if you just were patient and waited one more week. Because that, that, that seed that's on the stalk needs time to finish maturing and, and filling with the nutrients that, that the, you know, the harvesters are looking for. But if you wait too long, the same thing can happen. If you wait too long, what happens is the wheat stalk that's great and makes it very easy for the combine, which is the big machine that, that cuts the wheat and, and you know, pulls it up off the fields. If you wait too long, that very straight stalk begins to slouch over and what happens is is the combine comes by and it's not able to cut some of the wheat because that stalk has laid over and it just goes right over it so you don't get as much of the wheat seeds they end up getting laid on the ground and they don't get collected patience when you're a farmer patience is the name of the game timing and that perfect timing is essential And James tells us we have to live in the same way, waiting for that perfect time for the harvest that the Lord has for us. Let me give you one more passage, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. It says this, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle or the lazy, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. That's the other kind of group of people that we can struggle to be patient with you see a lazy person you don't want to be patient with a lazy person you want to kick them in the rear and tell them to get off their couch and go get to work you know someone who's struggling it sometimes can be difficult to be patient with that person so that's a kind of a large overview of what the bible has to say about patience 
I'm going to focus on one passage. So take your Bibles, and I want you to turn to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Now, I'll tell you right now, as you're turning there, Psalm 37 is a passage that is dear to my heart. It's near to me. It's a passage that means a lot to me. Uh, for those of you who are uh, curious about my uh, tattoos, I have Psalm 37.4 tattooed on my arm right here. It is a passage that is very close to my heart. It means a lot to me. And I want to focus here today because I believe Psalm 37 addresses how to be a person of patience and why we struggle with patience. So Psalm 37, we're going to start in verse 3. Psalm 37, verse 3. It says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as light, and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Okay, so there's something I want you to notice in this passage, because since we all struggle at times with impatience, I think Psalm 37 tells us why we struggle and how to overcome that struggle. And so look at verse 3 with me. It says, trust in the Lord. Now, when we get impatient, whether it's about a big life decision uh, or it's you're impatient while you're sitting in line at In-N-Out, whatever it may be, when you get impatient, why do you get impatient? Because you want what you want and you want, right? It comes down to, if we're followers of Christ, it comes down to we want our selfish desires on our timing instead of trusting the Lord. And so I've mentioned it. I always have one statement that I want you to walk away from. So if you have ignored everything I've said up to this point, wake up, look up here, pay attention. I want you to remember this one statement. One thing I want you to walk away from this morning and be able to remember throughout the week this week is this trouble with trust causes problems with patience troubles with trust causes problems with patience look back with me at psalm 37 trust in the lord and do good when you get impatient what are you doing when i get impatient what am i doing we are ignoring the trust that we should have in God. We get this impatience building up inside of us because we say, I don't trust you, Lord. I want to do things on my time based off of my trust in my own understanding of the world. And so when we live in our own trust and stop trusting God, suddenly we have problems with patience. It's a trust trouble. That's where patience comes, uh, patience struggles so trust do good and then if you read verse 4 it says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart so if we trust God we do good we delight in the Lord and then keep going if you read if you read verse 5 it says and commit your way to the Lord trust in him and he will act so think about it for a second we're kind of getting a set of instructions for how to be patient people but then look at how it ends in verse 7. Be before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Now, let me call this out for what it is. Is it easy to be still? 
in today's world? I mean, we live in a world where I can pull something out of my back pocket and I can say, hey Google or hey Siri, and I can have instantaneous answers to almost any question I can pose. We live in a society where if I have to wait more than three minutes at the in and out drive through someone's going to hear about it, right? That's the culture we live in. So let me give you an illustration of why this is, how this is so uncomfortable. It says, be still and wait patiently on the Lord. Are you uncomfortable yet? It's hard to be still isn't it? It's hard in our fast-paced, device-driven society, drive-through culture, it's hard to sit for five seconds. Be still and patiently wait on the Lord. That is counter to our American culture, isn't it? but we've got to learn how to be still and how to sit silently with God if we desire true patience from God. It's difficult. It's hard to do, but that's what we're called to. Uh, So let me give you a quote that Leonardo da Vinci is credited with saying. Uh, It says, patience serves protection against wrongs as clothes do against cold. For if you put on more clothes as the cold it will have no power to hurt you. So in like manner, you must grow in patience when you meet the great wrongs, and they will then be powerless to vex your mind. Think about that for a second. When we feel wronged, it's been four minutes and I don't have my double-double, someone's going to hear about this. I've been wronged. When I felt like I wanted to meet my son... To a certain extent, I don't know that you would call it felt I was wronged, but there was a part of me that went, I don't care what's best, I want this. In those moments, we have to understand that patience is actually what protects us from ourselves. And in order to live in patience, we have to trust God, we have to do good, we have to delight ourselves in God, And then we have to seek, he's calling us to live out that trust, how we're supposed to commit our way to the Lord. And then what does it say? Be still and wait patiently. So here's the question that I want you to walk away from. And I'm winding this up. I've been on stage for less than 20 minutes. The week that I'm giving my shortest sermon is the week I'm teaching on patience. Kind of ironic, isn't it? So, but let me, let me challenge you with this. Because we're going to wind our service out. We're going to finish it in a different way this, evening, this morning. But here's what I want you to think about. Here's the, the challenge that I want you to walk away from and say, okay, how do I apply this to my life day in and day out? When I'm impatient at the drive through when I'm trying to have something happen in my life and it's just not happening or I've got this decision that I don't have full control over how do I wait patiently for that decision to be made here's what you do there are questions that we can get from Psalm 37 if we think about what Psalm 37 instructs us to do we can get the steps of how to live patiently so when we are impatient 
and we are struggling to be patient people, ask yourself, how is God teaching me to trust him today? Think about that. When you're struggling to be patient about something, maybe God is saying, you don't trust me enough, Chad. You need to trust me more, and I'm trying to teach you that trust by making you wait a little longer. Think about this other aspect of it. What is God trying to teach you to delight in him with? You know, when, when I struggle with patience, and I want things my way, maybe God is not saying, wait, as much as he's saying, God, Chad, if you will just delight right here, instead of being impatient, would you just find your satisfaction and delight in me, and then I will satisfy that desire? Maybe that's what God is doing. So maybe it's you're sitting in the drive-thru and you say, God, what are you trying to teach me about delighting in you? What commitment are you calling me to take today? In what ways are you committing me to your ways by making me live out patience here? So think about my, my account with my son. Fast forward, my son was born at 36 and a few days, 36 weeks and a few days. Perfectly healthy child. And if you, when he gets here, when, the, when my family finally moves down here, which let's speak about patience for a minute. Um, yeah. So, but when my family moves here, you're going to see an eight-year-old who is perfectly healthy. Maybe a little annoying, but he's perfectly healthy. But I can tell you right now that in that exact moment, at 27 weeks of pregnancy, while my wife was sitting on a hospital bed at, at Banner St. Whatever over in Phoenix, in that moment, I felt patient. And here's why. I had no control in that moment. And I had to trust God. God forced me in that moment. And guys, believe me, sometimes God forces us to trust him, and sometimes that's not a pleasant experience. But I can tell you right now, in that moment, because I was forced to fully trust God, I had all the patience in the world. I had no desire to move fast. I had no desire to make things happen. I just wanted to wait and be still with God. If we can learn to do that, even in the small things of our life, God will honor that. He promises it in Psalm 37. Trust in him. Do good. Delight in him. Commit your ways to him. And be patient on him. Join me in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. And God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your joy, your peace. And today for your patience. Lord, I thank you that we can be a people that can be patient. That ultimately, no matter where we are in our lives, if we can learn to trust in you and to do good, if we can delight in you rather than our own selfishness, if we can commit our ways to you and we can be still and patiently wait, Lord, that you will give us that patient and you will fulfill the desires of our hearts which ultimately will be your desires. So Lord, we thank you that you give us an instruction manual, that you give us step-by-step step on how to be a people that is patient. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we lift and ask you to help us to be that people today. Lord, we thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.